0: castaway Meg ryan moved Doug on ryan is not in castaway oh yeah helen hunt <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody welcome to another episode of i finally watched this is david and this is Alon. and i finally watched gladiator so i've probably seen this like 30 to 50 times although a lot of times i'll just start when he becomes a slave you know, just watch the fights really uh huh. Like so you, a, you put in ninety to one hundred and fifty minute uh
1: hours into watching this.
0: Oh yeah, like when it came out. I mean, it's been it's been it came out in two thousand, so this movie's been around for twenty one years. But yeah, I watched it a ton.
1: This movie's I, three hours long,
0: David. Well, this is the first time that I've watched the. It's two hours and fifty one minutes. The version you and I just watched. The theatrical cut is two hours and thirty five minutes. Oh, okay. Um, And I'm also very much doubting you were able to do the math correctly.
1: What, three hours times 30 times to, what did you say, 50 times? That's between 90 and 150 hours. Okay, maybe. Boom, you've been mathed. But also now I'm curious what the difference is between the theatrical cut and the extended cut.
0: Well, I was hoping you hadn't watched the extended Cause then we could have talked about it. But now since we both I'll uh, I was able to pretty clearly pull it out. Like which ones that I had never seen before. Um, like there's some big chunks of scenes so we can talk about it as we go through it, okay. but I love this movie and I haven't seen it in years and rewatching it. Like you forget how amazing it is. I think like culturally, this was obviously such a huge movie. Like, I was talking with some friends the other night about this, and you know, one of my friends who had not seen it, you know, was able to rattle off several quotes from this movie. Um, the other friend said, uh, "I'm Sparta," which is a misquote from 300, but either way, <laughs> wait, <laughs> I'm Sparta, not this is Sparta, but also the... not I'm Spartacus, not I'm Spartacus, I'm either. Spartacus." Yeah, exactly. So it's a misquote know. from two different movies. Possibly, I don't know what they were going for. Um, right. <laughs> but so, like, I think this movie has, like, obviously, it has that. I'm the gladiator. Part. Oh my god. But I think you kind of forget until you go back to it and just remember, like, how good this movie was. Yeah, I read some, like, some just like some bylines of some reviews, and people said, like, this didn't have like it, it had an okay rating, but a lot of the people, like, one in particular said, you know, this isn't like you know film enough you know it's not like highfalutin enough for like the oscar crowd and it's not you know actiony enough for the action crowd and so it's like just stuck in the middle and i was like that's what i appreciate about it they right. took like an action epic movie and just made it really really well and i think that like the oscars kind of proved that out the amount of money it proved that out and just overall like watching it again even the extended version i think is really really fucking great so
1: i also have to say um there's a lot of special effects and cgi work for like 21 years ago still holds up like obviously you can tell it's cgi but i mean honestly watch a movie today and watch like you know a cgi fest you can always tell it's cgi like i was watching a pretty new marvel movie i don't remember which one um, I think it was one of the Winter Soldiers or <laughs> one of the Captain Americas, right? Um, but it was so well done, but it was clearly CGI. So you're going to know, you know, whether it's it's happening practically or not. The, the point is, though, is like unless you're like doing CGI like Parasite, where you're literally like coloring in the background and like some faux buildings far away, which, you know, I don't think you would notice that. For something like this with, uh, like, the Coliseum in this movie, the practical build was about 52 feet high, and then the rest of the build was was CGI. Uh, I, if you were to tell me they built an entire Coliseum, I'd find it hard to believe, but then looking at it, I'd totally believe that because it was so well done.
0: Yeah, it's really funny to me thinking about, remember when we talked about the Patriot? And how bad the CGI was on the ships when they like walked through Charleston? Yeah, this was made the same year. Both of these movies were made in two thousand.
1: Well, look, I'm actually really glad you talked about the Patriot because this reminded me of the Patriot so so much. Like it's same kind of revenge story, just in a different
0: uh, time time period. What's funny too is I don't normally like historical epics like this, specifically like medieval time type stuff like roman gladiator like i don't really those are two different times i know but i i combine them all in saying that it's not really my thing to watch um and so this has to be like my favorite like historical epic and i think it's kind of can be given a lot of credit for like bringing that you know that genre back a little bit with all the ones that followed troy and you know whatever um i am sparta yes i i know There's probably like a, uh, you know, like a scary movie five knockoff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know there is. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up.
1: Oh, it's meet the Spartans. I don't even need to look it up. It's called meet the the Spartans. Um, So yeah, but you like both. I mean, you like this movie and you like the Patriot, but you see what I'm saying, right? How they kind of draw correlations and especially being made in the same year, the Patriot, however, was not an oscar contender was it
0: it was nominated for three i don't know which ones okay i I, I look I i just looked really quickly i mean it definitely was not as well received i just realized i said definitely i think i'm stuck on rain man it was definitely not as well received as gladiator but i think it still you know did pretty well at the box office it's kind of funny too uh i think russell um I think Russell Crowe was like the original, like, was offered this role and didn't really want to take it. So they went to, you know, other people and then he maybe circled back to her or whatever. But Mel Gibson was offered Maximus. It's funny, like, at the same time, he chose, you know, he did the, I don't know when they were filmed, but, you know, he did the Patriot instead and they came out in the same year.
1: So I don't know which one of our sources is true. I mean, this is like, you know, we're not a, a journalistic source, but I heard that was a rumor. I heard that he was never actually offered Maximus.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's whatever. I don't but care. I
1: mean, I don't know. But now now I'm imagining, look, you know how we sometimes do this recasting <laughs> thing in our heads? Now I'm imagining the Patriot
0: starring Russell Crowe and Gladiator starring Mel Gibson. Well, he would have totally spun the flag in his hand a few times before he stabbed it through that Tavington's heart.
1: But I can't imagine it, though. Like, I can't imagine those two switching roles because um, it, it just feels like, the
0: the perfect role for those two actors. Well, Russell Crowe f- seems more like finesse, more like there's like some art behind his like his ability to kill people, like he's just, you know, very skilled and like and Mel Gibson in The Patriot just is like brutal. And I think they both work in those roles.
1: Well, here's the thing too, because now I want to compare the villains of those two movies. Um and I actually didn't even really think about it but between those two villains and I know we already established uh what's his name Taving- Tavington. Tevington yeah um as like one of the worst cinematic uh villains ever most but evil w- yes most evil um but I would say that Commodus played by Joaquin Phoenix is like right fucking up there he's kind of too much of a little bitch though no but that's what I love about him is that he is like super little bitchy but um but but his his like severe insecurity like
0: drives his evilness and i think that's what makes him like a really good villain i will say that in the in the theatrical version that's a little shorter it makes him seem seem like even more of a bitch because it like there's this whole backstory as to why the senators really are after him and then there's a couple other scenes that kind of make him more evil whereas the theatrical version is just like this, it seems like the senators don't like him because he's, he's just terrible at the job in general and he's kind of like very weak. So one of my favorite parts of the movie is
1: when he's like publicly embarrassed by uh, Maximus in front of everyone. And then it's an immediate cut to him basically like pacing and pouting in his throne room and being like, they love him. They don't love me. They're saying his name and they don't say my name. And I was like, it's actually pretty, like, awesome that he's basically
0: having a tantrum because he's not, like, popular. Right. And I think Joaquin is able to do that so well. It's very interesting, too, to see, like, Joaquin then and Joaquin now. Yeah. Like, obviously, he would still be capable of that role. But he's also, his just persona is just so fucking weird now. Well, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Weird. He seems so much more normal back
1: like, then. Like he couldn't play. He could play just a, as a like evil character, but he couldn't play. He wouldn't be believable
0: as like a little bitch. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I yeah I I agree. He would just he'd be over. The, I don't know. He'd just be too like too menacing as old Joaquin Phoenix. See it. it Look, I know that's Joaquin
1: Phoenix and he has some facial features that you just can't get away with him being Joaquin Phoenix. But no way would I associate that actor's acting with Joaquin Phoenix's acting now. Especially, like, I'm even thinking about some of his other stuff. Like, um, he plays, oh, funny, he plays Mel Gibson's brother in Signs, right?
0: But I'm like, that's
1: a whole different performance all onto itself. Like that's different. That's more different than Joker. That's more different than Commodus. That's more different than anything That's kind he, of like uh,
0: a normal character. You know, I just want, did you ever see eight millimeter snuff film movie? Uh, No. So he plays kind of like a secondary character in that, where he's like this dude who wants to start a band in LA and just happens to work at a porn shop. And so he helps Nicolas Cage, like try. Nicholas Cage is trying to track down who like, filmed this movie because it looks like a real snuff film um and he's like his character in that is like this so like it's once again like a character i don't know that he could play this way today he's just like he just seems more normal in his roles even though he's still so good in them and whereas in his roles today he's got this like sort of he's like he's not all there in like almost everything he does but then again, like, her is a little, even though it's, like, science fiction and future is he's a little more of a grounded character. So it's just, like, he's probably still got that in there, but it's just, like, the more recent roles.
1: I like how you're debating, is he just a really, like, good actor? Is he, like, a really brilliant actor, or is he actually, like, losing it in real life? He's just so, he comes off as so fucking weird lately. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally, I totally, uh. I totally agree with you. It's kind of like Nicolas Cage. Although I'm pretty sure Nicolas Cage is just fucking weird.
0: I mean, Nicolas Cage has always been weird. But now he's just like in bad movies mostly. Whereas before, like earlier in his career, he was getting good parts. And that, I mean, a lot of that has to do with like, and this is what we talked a little bit about on Rain Man. And we should probably eventually get to the movie. Because this is a three-hour movie. It's going to take us a while to get through. We'll breeze through it. <laughs> um, But like you know 80s and 90s movies and like early 2000s late 80s to early 2000s like have a feel to them right and they're a little like overall a little quirkier than like movies today like movies are a little straighter now and so it's like Nicolas Cage just came up during the perfect time for him to be Nicolas Cage and then as we moved out of that zone we didn't need John Travolta we didn't need Nicolas Cage anymore we need like we don't need people to put their own weird fucking persona on roles. Yeah. But that's kind of sad though. Right. Because like, okay. So for example,
1: Joaquin Phoenix on, uh, obviously hit it really big with, um, Joker. Uh, and before that it was her, but there was a lull period for him where he was in these indie movies, but they were really good. Like they were really good. Indie movies. But same thing happened to Nicolas Cage, right? Like he was in um, Face Off uh, and then he was in National Treasure and then he hits a low. I can't really think, did he do Lord of War after? Whatever. The point is, is that instead of choosing and being picky about like what indie films he does, I feel like at this point, as long as you throw a paycheck at him, he'll do anything. That's probably because he's in so much debt and he's trying to pay off his five castles in France or whatever allegedly allegedly but uh you do see like kind of a what do you call it not tenacity um
0: pride well, in, of doing good stuff versus pride of doing whatever you know it's funny though is even in the bad stuff nicholas cage is still like trying to act the hell out of it well i mean yeah that's true that's true um he gives yeah, it his I mean, all I will say, yeah, like for, for example, we we do need to get to the actual movie, but you know, Joaquin had walked the line and then we Own the night was kind of supposed to be a big movie, but then he has reservation road, two lovers. He does the, I'm still here thing. Then obviously the master fucking great. And then he hits her a little bit after that, you know, and then he's doing, he's doing a lot of good stuff, but yeah, there may be a little, he's not doing the like blockbuster stuff until Joker really. that's, that's smart though he's finessing his craft in a
1: way that all of those characters or all of those movies and his characters in those movies are so different like playing johnny cash and then playing a character like in the one in the master like think about the range you have to have to pull that off on top of that and this is the last thing i'll say about that is joaquin phoenix looks um so specific like he he's a he's a weird looking dude and um the fact that he's able to just pull off so many different roles and it doesn't somehow typecast him into like one specific thing is like really commendable
0: so let's get to this movie um let's do it when i have watched this through the 30 times and obviously cut out portions i usually as i said i cut out the whole uh war in germania because as marcus says like what was the point of it anyway you know Uh and it's like i want to get to him fighting you know stabbing people and he stabs people in the in the beginning yeah he does not it's not as cool i like the reason i don't like these type of movies is i never think these big battles with like armies on one side or the other charging at each other i never find it like visually entertaining to me
1: yeah, like Lord of the Rings, not visually entertaining at all. <laughs> they're, not my, they're not my favorite thing either.
0: It's very visually
1: entertaining. That was a sarcastic joke. Um, you know what? Actually, in the beginning scene, uh, that, that scene where they took over the stronghold is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. I actually really like that scene. And I liked it not because of all the slaughter and brut, uh, brutality, but I liked the introduction of Commodus. And the interaction Caesar has between the two, because really subtly that establishes the relationship right there. And obviously, I know about the um, uh, I am Maximus, father of slain boy, husband of slain wife, or whatever the, you know,
0: um, where he's like, Are for, you for the, lo- for the love of God going here on through? Yeah. If you're not going to get a fucking quote right. Yeah. Don't even try it. Got it. Um,
1: You know, are you not entertained? And then I know that that. Oh my god! What isn't that the quote? Yeah. What do you do? You just go through the quotes now? No, 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 no. I'm I'm saying that parts of the movie that I knew existed before actually watching the movie, and there was a power dynamic between Commodus and Maximus, but to see it develop instead of just trying to figure out why one is the other and why they hate each other so much. I'm um, to see it develop is so interesting. And it's, uh, to me, it's the most interesting part of the whole film.
0: Well, yeah, before you start talking about Lord of the Rings for something, and then use it as a segue to just talk. That's what I was going to say is that it's a part I usually skip over, but when you are going to sit down and watch this entire movie, not just to see people get chopped up as a, you know, 13 to 20 year old the beginning is kind of the meat of the movie in that like that first 40 minutes it sets up everything it's so subtly done but it's so cool and there's so much like i think that's the part i want to talk about the most i think the rest of it you can kind of blow through and just be like that was awesome that was awesome remember that line but like even the start of maximus walking through his line of men like they do such a great job of setting up that character of like how beloved he is. You know what I mean? Um, Well, not, not even that, but adding to that on how, when they um,
1: exiled him for his death or whatever, how you find out that, because the entire time I'm wondering, well, his men know who he is. Like they know who he is. Why, why wouldn't they like fight for him? But then you find out that they've all been like sent far away to battle a battle or whatever. And I was like, Oh yeah, he is like that beloved. Like if he can get to his men, he'll, he'll, he'll gain their trust back like in, in no time.
0: Right. And yeah. And in, in order for the end of the movie to work, you have to believe that in the beginning. Um, and I, I, they also set up his character too, you know, Quintus, the guy next to him, which I really want to talk about Quintus towards the end of this movie. Um, says you know why don't these people know when they're conquered and he's like would you know max was like would you would i i mean that's just like you know we don't give up yeah um is pretty cool and also just the way they they paint the barbarian the germanic people as like barbarians it just kind of reminds me of like the way we look at vikings but then if you like actually kind of study history like they're actually probably like pretty like well groomed in like a, a very like intelligent society so it's just like the way Rome looks at like everyone else that isn't Rome is just like these people that need to be civilized. And I think that's funny, like the way they're shown in the movie too.
1: Well, I actually really love the political aspect of this film. Like the, the times that they were like, well, Rome needs to be a Republic right now, or Hey, it needs to be a dictatorship. Or I love Caesar, older Caesars quote. um, And I'm not going to get this right. So I'm going to just paraphrase. But he's like, how am I going to be known? Am I going to be known as the philosopher? Am I going to be known as the warrior, or am I going to be known as the tyrant? Actually, I'm pretty pretty sure that was spot on. But um, I just really like that because uh, unless you understand what kind of like fragile balance Rome is in that point, then it's easier to believe that Commodus being in power for such a short time would basically make Rome as bad or even worse of a you know i'm putting up air quotes but a
0: barbarian barbarian sort of civilization right when actually in real life communists like did lead to the fall of rome or is at least credited with it which is kind of funny Mm -hmm. um it shows how well joaquin portrayed that um you get some cool quotes before the battle like at my signal unleash hell and a lesser movie would have had him scream that or something as his horse goes up on its back legs and he starts charging. Right. But just the monotone, like I was like, ah, oh, shit, that's it. Like that's like, he just says it like this is, you know, let's go take care of business. And then you get the, what we do in life echoes in eternity line. You know, did you have chills Alon? Did you have chills when that happened? I think that's
1: just why it was my favorite part. Cause I feel like it had so much weight to it. That carried throughout the whole film it was it was really good i'm sad that you skip it every time
0: you watch it i well first of all i i said when i was like 13 to 12 i would it wasn't necessarily skipping it it was just watching the uh him chop dude's heads off in the arena later on Hmm. which by the way like you know they could have had a few more of those
1: well, like you said, it's kind of a weird balance between action-y and kind of Oscar fil- tilting. I think the ending really uh,
0: made me like it a lot because I, I don't like happy endings. But um, also in the in the battle, just the real quick, um, I thought he fought the big guy. I remembered that happening, and then when it, you know, because it has probably it's been over a decade since I've watched this, and when he didn't, not saying I was disappointed, I was like, oh, okay, guess I just re- like you, 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 fellow big guy gladiator. No, no. The in the in the Germanic guy, the dude who's holding the head at the beginning, Mm. and he walks out, and then eventually he just gets taken off by taken down by like several different Roman soldiers, like stabbing him. I thought Maximus fought that dude, but he just took out a bunch of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also like that's it's obviously kind of a trope of all these movies. Like once again, how can you make a gigantic battle entertaining? You like show them all charging at each other, and then you cut to these like disparate points of like uh, some main action here, and like oh, so now we have their badass guy just happens to line up with our badass guy, and no one interrupts.
1: Yeah, um, I mean that's kind of like Ridley Scott in a nutshell, though, right? Because he loves to like put those kind of characters against each other, and then no one interrupts. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, you have to, I mean, it's it's an actual, I mean, look in an actual battle, it's not as cinematic. It's just kill, kill, kill. I don't care who, but this has to kind of be the way it is just for our viewership. Um, After that, or like, yeah, after, I guess you would say they, they conquered that stronghold, you get introduced to Commodus and he's like with his sister in the carriage. And that carriage, by the way, confused me for a second because I was like, what the hell? But it's supposed to be like completely arrow-proof, sword-proof. Like that thing is
0: made out of thick metal all the way around. Well, they're going to battle, which is also pretty cool. The way they show like they have like their their sort of their place where they've set up a camp that they think is safe. And then the battle is like, what, three days away? Or not? maybe not three days away. They, they've been gone for three days, right? Um I love the line sorry to interrupt I love the line where Commodus runs onto the battlefield to greet his
1: father and he's like father father did I miss the battle and it was <laughs> like that's such like a like a oh shoot dang it I missed it by only a couple hours
0: he's like you missed the war and then he's like oh <laughs> I'll, I'll slaughter what a 50 cattle in your name and he's like save you know save the cattle the bulls yeah um what i think is really cool about this whole section right here is just it sets up the dynamic for the movie but in a very entertaining way like commodus just assumes he's going to become the ruler yeah but marcus aurelius knows that commodus would make a horrible ruler yeah and marcus aurelius knows that what they need is the senate And he doesn't, he's not going to live long enough to make that happen. And so he knows Maximus is the guy. And what's funny is Maximus only wants to go home. He hasn't seen his kid and his wife in almost three years, two years, 264 days in this morning. Um, And so, and in the fact that he doesn't want to lead is what makes him such an ideal ruler in Marcus's eyes. I mean, and yes. then you have the sister Lu- Lucia Lucila I don't know how to pronounce it they like barely say her name in the movie I don't know that I like I don't remember it Which by the way
1: Lucia and um, Commodus are actually like an a real brother sister
0: sister duo in ancient Rome Right and there was a guy that really killed Commodus I believe Narcissus
1: It was a, it was a it was a coup set up by the sister right yeah and so which is kind of like sorry real quick which is kind of funny because without maximus that's kind of how you see everything
0: playing out anyways right so right well i mean the whole point of this movie is to add this like fictionalized element to a historical story historical story um to like give it you know some extra cinematic cinematography and so also (laughs) with Lucia. I'm going to just say Connie Nielsen because I don't know how to... Is it Lucilla? Lucilla? Also with the sister... When she, you say Lucilla, I think of
1: like a 50-year-old Jewish woman who lives in New York. But like if you say Lucia... Lucia,
0: I think of like a 50-year-old Spanish woman that lives in New York. <laughs> so with the sister too, she is in love with Maximus. Clearly Commodus is in love with her. So they just set this up to where... Maximus has everything mm-hmm. that Commodus wants, and he then he, and what's beautiful is he doesn't even want it. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want any of it. And Commodus is like, comes to him like, oh, you're my brother, da 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 da. da. Maximus couldn't be further like he just doesn't want anything to do with Commodus either because he knows he's such a piece of shit. So what's a beautiful like little line reading
1: is that every word for the first half up till like where he um, confronts Commodus about his father's death, right? Up until that, the only words spoken from Maximus to Commodus is highness. And it's so interesting, right? Because he's Commodus is referring to him as brother, 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 but clearly like so I hate to use this, you know how much I hate to use this, but in a cringe worthy sort of environment, where he's uh, Maximus is setting this boundary of like, listen, you are like, heir to the throne, and I am nothing but a common general or warrior or whatever, there's clearly a power dynamic between us. And let's keep it that way. And he, you know, he calls him highness the
0: entire time. I thought it was really like subtle, but clever. Well, and if you'll notice too, um, towards, you know, when he has the battles, when he introduces himself, he turns his back to Commodus. I'm sorry. When they're in the uh, Colosseum, turns his back to Commodus, but he's not supposed to. And then when he has the next fight in Commodus, is like, you just won't die. Towards the end, he calls him, you know, he tilts his head slightly and says, you know, highness. And it's kind of this, like, I'm not going to refer to you as brother because you're not my brother. I don't like you. I'm not going to call you Caesar. I'm not going to give you the same respect I gave to your, to your father. And so I'm also going to create this, like, this distance between us by just giving you this, like, title of, like, this is what I call you to, to show you respect, but to also show you the disrespect that I think you deserve yeah but but what i was the point i was getting to is maximus has everything that Commodus wants you know Commodus comes up to the battle just in time to see all the men cheering for maximus and so it's just another little sting to him and the other thing they set up too is like obviously marcus aurelius wants maximus to take over but no one really knows that but maximus is so powerful that he's just like there's this party after the war and the senators are there too. They just showed up. Apparently, there was another carriage carrying them. <laughs> and it's just like this power dynamic. He's this chess piece that everyone wants to get their hands on because everyone is trying to get their piece of power in Rome. You know, the senators are trying to talk his ear off and, like, hey, you need to convince da-da-da-da. Um, and so just all that setup is really cool. Even too, uh, I don't know if you noticed this in the sword fighting mm. that um you have, like, shirtless Joaquin Phoenix, like, doing this sword fighting with all of his guys. But it's, like, this choreographed routine where they're, like, slowly going through how they're going to hit the swords with him. And then they do it really fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, And it's just, like, even that, he's not a real swordsman. He's a dude who, like, practices and they have to tell him how they're going to hit. And then it looks really cool. Did you understand the part where um,
1: uh, Lucius, the little boy, his nephew was, like, um, doing that with the, with the guards or whatever. And when he approaches them, he's like, oh, are you pretending to be a legionnaire? Which is basically what he was, right? And then he's like, no, I'm, I'm gladiator. And then it's, like, a really offensive thing, right? Because, oh, Maximus is the best. The right. Spaniard is the best gladiator. Um, and I love that. I love that because now, even unknowingly, he just completely lost the respect that his nephew had for him, if he had any.
0: No, right. And so then, you know, first of all, Marcus has told his daughter that even, you know, he tells her like, hey, you're going to need to be there for your brother, but doesn't explain why. And says like, you would make a, you know, too bad you weren't a man. You would make a great Caesar. Um, And then we get the scene where he actually explains to Communist that he's not going to be named Caesar. And the, the whining and sniveling is like it's at an 11 for that scene. Like it's oh, at its almost yeah. highest point.
1: But it, didn't, it doesn't like immediately get there. There's such a slow buildup to, to get there. And if, I love, oh my God, I love how Caesar's statue is like looming higher and behind him the entire time. You notice that? Uh, like yeah. His father's in front of him, but the statue is looming behind him. And it's like this, like thing that he's always try to try to do, but now it's just being like taken away from him. Um,
0: and so then, like, yeah, and it's almost like he's whining like a little kid who's not getting the toy he wanted on Christmas. Yeah, exactly. He's like you promised me a PlayStation, um, and you've never loved me. And so obviously, you get the death. Um, what I like right after that is when Communist comes to him and says, you know, our father has died. It's, and it's basically like this loyalty test immediately. And you can tell as soon as he tells him our father has died, Maximus, the, his eyes are just like, I know something's up. Like, the, this doesn't so, compute. But,
1: yeah, but what's the big giveaway point? When he puts out his hand, he's like, you, you'll have one chance to take my hand.
0: And then he I mean he just
1: knows that his, he killed his
0: father. Well, I mean- just the idea that, so he knows that, he was just told, I want to make you emperor, I want to make you Caesar next in line. And so he's like, all right, very suspicious that my, you know, that he died right after telling me this, because potentially he told you this and you killed him. Right. Um, and so I think that's what it was just like, he, it's this level of, he doesn't trust Commodus and he never has. Right. Um, I mean, that's what I figured. I didn't know if there was
1: something I, I missed, but it was, it was subtle. And I mean, this whole movie is,
0: is dealt in subtlety sometimes. Well, and then right after that, uh, the sister slaps him in the face, but then takes the hand. Yeah. And it's like Marcus Aurelius had just said, like, you would make the best Caesar because she would have, like, even over Maximus. So that ability to, like, let him know how upset he is, but the diplomacy of, like, I can't fight you right now. I have to right, I have to play the long game, so I'm gonna slap you because you killed my father, but then I'm gonna kiss the ring because I need to bide my time
1: well, I also yeah, I have a lot of respect for her I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about the end, but then I lose a lot of respect for her, but that's a that's for later um so yeah a real a real bad tragic thing happens to Maximus at this point,
0: yeah, um. Quintus comes and tells him like, Hey, you fucked up. And so, uh, we're going to take you and, uh, we're going to take you and kill you. He like, he says right in front of him that like, Hey, these guys are going to ride three days and kill you. And he tells Quintus like, Hey, take care of my family. And I just had the thought watching it for this time, for the first time forever. If Quintus hadn't said they're going to be killed too, Maximus might've just accepted death. He might've just accepted the circumstances of like, I'm going to die. Cause if you think about it, as you said earlier, his whole, like the whole plot of this yeah. is him getting his revenge. Yeah, you're right. So his whole reason to live was to save his wife and child. He even says to him, like, you know, look after them. And he's like, no, they'll be joining you.
1: Which doesn't make any sense. Like, why wouldn't you just let
0: them live? Well, and that's the whole thing with, well, it makes sense because hmm. commonness is a complete asshole. <sighs> But, yeah, it, but doesn't it doesn't make, make sense logically. It doesn't make sense that Quintus told him. And that's what I don't get. Because Quintus is this very weird character. To me, he's almost just a guy of like, I got to be with the front runner. But it doesn't, like, he's, he's been working with Maximus for so long. You know, he's in that first battle with him. It doesn't make sense yeah. what he did there. But it does seem like he's always just like, I need to be with the power. Well, I mean, you even see that at the, at the end of the, of the
1: movie. Um, yeah. I did, yeah, man. I mean, there is some parts of the movie that obviously have to happen for the rest of the movie to happen, but there's so few and far between like throwaway or kind of forced parts, I guess that the rest of it kind of just flows really well um, because you know, once he travels all that time and he gets like, how do you, how does he get stabbed in the arm? Oh, fighting the guys. He fights off like seven guys, right? To to not die. And then it he gets like five stabbed. five or six, but yeah. You're
0: going you're gonna to argue with me? I said seven. And you're going to say six? Really? You're going to be like that? I said five or six. Uh-huh. That's, you're also just, you're forgetting that the, the frost sometimes makes the blade stick. The frost sometimes makes the blade stick. No, listen. Didn't also, say it like that.
1: Well, also, also, The issue I have is, how is he Spaniard? How is any of this possible? They're Italian, Greek,
0: Spaniard, and they all have a British accent? Well, I actually like that. There's no point in trying to make Russell Crowe do a bad, like what even would be the base accent? It has to be in English. Are you gonna have them speak Uh, Latin?
1: I, yes, like preferably a Latin accent no
0: I, I was fine with i i like i thought about it and i was like i that doesn't matter it's so stupid
1: the teeny nuance
0: um that the scene the scene where he kills all those dudes as he's about to get stabbed pretty fucking badass yes like one of the most underrated badass scenes in the movie reminds um, me reminds me of
1: um that scene in the Patriot where Mel Gibson tries to get uh, Heath Ledger out of, out of the bind in the, in the quarry or whatever.
0: Kills the 20 guys. Yeah. 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 No, I think honestly, that was more badass. That seems, that seems great. The, the next scene is pretty tough uh, where you see the kid get run over by the horse and then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Maximus rides for, for several days. Every time when he's coming up to his wife, I'm always like, "Oh, this is the snot scene," where he just has like the snot hanging off of like the foot, <laughs> like after he kisses the feet. And I'm always like, "That's very method." Like, oh, they really, he really, yeah. went, he really went for it right there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Russell Crowe, uh, he he has this way about like crying, right? That it's like really sad, pathetic, but also
0: like the most manliest. It's in it's like an internalized crying. It's not yeah. it's not very it's not very bold and like it's not very loud. Um it's, but it's yeah. emotional. It's like filled with emotion, but it's not very It's filled with snot. It's filled with a lot of snot. That too. That too. One one question real quick, not to move on from the snot. I really don't understand how he got kidnapped out of his own house well i'm guessing that it's like uh
1: they see it right it's like completely destroyed and burned down and everything so they find this like they're probably traveling from one area to the other and they find this like almost dead guy and they're like hey why not right like that's that's kind of what i took it from
0: yeah and he probably didn't have his id on him um so that makes sense. Yeah. But it just it, it, to me it was kind of funny. He's like sitting in his burned out house and these people come by and he's just like, "Oh, we'll take him. That's fine." Um and this is the part where I normally start the <laughs> You know, I'm joking about that. Really? Opposite. No. Well, and no. I I have watched this full movie 20 times. But I'm saying there were a few times where I was like, "I just want to see the battles." And so I would start it at the the Zuckerbar scene, the Roman province where we meet Proximo. a good one it is a good one uh first of all proximo uh played by oliver reed actually grabbed those dudes that dude's balls every time he did the scene where he's yelling at him about selling him the uh the gay giraffes that couldn't mate and the guy's comment on it was like how many people can say that oliver reed has grabbed their balls yeah but then who is oliver reed really uh apart from being in this film He's a very famous actor in an era of movies that I haven't seen a whole lot of. Okay. Okay. Fair. He's also a dude that took this movie because he wanted to see London shows. Um, and he also told the director, I don't film past 5 p.m. Film past 5 p.m. That's my time. So if you have that type of clout that Ridley Scott's going to allow that to happen, I'm going to trust just based on that. That's true. That's
1: true. What I really like and you can really see like attention to detail in this film is that everyone who works who worked on it from the actors to the director and the producers really had a passion for like ancient Roman society because every everything is very well like fleshed out and, and things like you things that you don't have to be right. Like they could put all their time into like the gladiator fighting shit. And they do, they do a really good job of that, but they also do a really good job of like everything else in between. Sadly, after, and I will admit this, after the first scene and the first fighting gladiator scene and before the second fighting gladiator scene, um, I was watching this movie till like 1 a.m. and I fell asleep. Uh, So I skipped the whole like trading them for rice sort of thing which then you let me know that that was like only in the extended cut. So it's not like I was really missing much either. Um, but going back, I also figured I didn't really, I also like felt like I didn't really miss much.
0: Um, what, what do you mean the trading them for rice? The scene with the senators and the sister? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to that when we get to it. I, uh, it adds a whole nother layer to the movie for me. Um, so I appreciated that. But the movie is, it was two and a half hours as it was. And I don't think we needed the extra 20 minutes. It like, I never felt like I was missing anything, but when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But I don't think it's necessary. Um, Did you notice there is a lot of crazy shit going on at Proximo's house? Just like a dude being tied up with arrows shot at him. There's just like other dudes being chopped up. Like that shit is crazy. Like if you just, uh, I just at took it. He was like a
1: super rich eccentric dude
0: for sure. But it's just like, <laughs> as you, you were talking about the attention to detail, the attention to detail and like these just passing shots of stuff going on that you had to set up and block a shot of just this dude getting hit with an arrow for like half a second. And then this other guy getting chopped up and this other guy getting stabbed with the sword. And then these other guys being hung by their neck, like, like, so much carnage going on it was it was just crazy to see like when you really paid attention to it
1: yeah um i don't know where this kind of falls into play let me think about this oh it happens after that first fight in the coliseum all right so we'll get to that i'll get to that when we get to that um but he's honestly one of my favorite characters proximo
0: oh absolutely yeah he's great um yeah, which is, that's, that's who the fuck Oliver Reed is. Gotcha. Like, I think he just adds so much to that role. Um, and you can tell, like, he's obviously great at what he does. The one thing before we get to the first fight, the scene where uh, Maximus is scratching off his tattoo and you have the dude who's like a poet or whatever talking about, like, I shouldn't be here. Scribe. Yeah, scribe, whatever. That scene's that's an extra scene uh the first time we see him in the normal movie is when he's pissing himself and he goes into the coliseum and gets killed immediately and his arm chopped off so that's just an extra right. scene to, i guess like let you know who this guy is and like you know ahead of time he's gonna die well i um, think
1: the i think if you don't see him scratching his tattoo off i think that's a powerful character scene too right because he lived and died by the sword and then that whole entire thing that he fought for betrayed him so now he's erasing, like, that part of him from I – th- I thought it was really beautiful. That's in the movie. That
0: was in the original. It oh, just, just got... the scribe talking was the thing that was – The scribe talking and the big dude – I don't... <laughs> I forget what the big dude character – I guess he's the barbarian. I'll just call him the barbarian that's uh, Maximus' friend. I also like the scene where he's, like, just beating him with the sword, and Maximus is just standing there and taking it. Basically, like Maximus is like, I'm going to do the bare minimum I'm required to do. And right now I don't need to defend myself against this sword. So fuck you. Um, but yeah, the scratching the tattoo was was in there. And then you go in. Um, it's a pretty cool battle scene, just like cause you can see the tactics of of Maximus. Like and also I love uh this is like I had seen Amistad, but this is like the the, the second time I had ever seen Jaiman Hansu. Um the look he gives when he's like tethered to Maximus, and the only thing he knows about him is like this dude was left for dead. I like saved his arm. He won't fight back, and now I'm tethered to this guy, and he's like, "Fuck, <laughs> like yeah. I'm gonna die." Uh, is pretty great.
1: Another great thing is uh, uh, when the barbarian is tethered to the scribe, and the scribe dies. Like immediately, the barbarian cuts off his hand to like release him from the tether,
0: and then body. uses it as a weapon.
1: Yeah, and then uses it as it's it's really good. And there's a lot of there's a lot of like little nuanced things in this movie that just kind of escalated to a whole different level. Um, God, I can't wait till we talk about the ending because I have so much to say about the ending. But right, we so, get to the point of them winning that battle, right? Yeah. And I the mean, entire I... time I was really worried too, right? Because I was like, oh, please don't put Maximus up against the. What is he? Ni- what do they call him? Nigerian?
0: Um, I don't know. Just call him Jimon. Uh Yeah. In the movie, his name is Juba. But once again, I don't ever remember his name being said. No, because they called him
1: something. Like they, they called Russell Crowe the Spaniard and they called him. I thought it was the Nigerian, but maybe not. I don't remember what it was. Juba.
0: Jamin Honsu. Um, I think the next thing I wanted to talk about is that we just get a little piece of Rome. Um, you have Caesar kind of coming back, uh, Commodus coming back, and like everyone, you know, <laughs> yep. the crowds. Uh, the, the booing part was new. And honestly, the riding through, I don't really remember too much. I just remember him walking up the stairs and Lucius running down. Uh, to see his mom um and then you know you have the scene where he is with the senators and the senators kind of gracchus especially is the one that's really like kind of coming at him for like there's a fucking plague in the greek quarter that you need to do something about and then you know we never see anything of no never comes back um basically just tells him to back the fuck up that i'm caesar uh and then later on is whining to his sister that uh that they're being mean to me and they won't leave me alone so um, i'm
1: sure i knew this like growing up and learning about ancient rome actually i know for sure i knew this a long time ago back in like middle school but this movie reminded me that caesar isn't really like a person per se but more of like a uh a status right like a bloodline status just it's
0: just the, it's, the, it's the emperor of rome
1: Right right but none of these people portrayed in this movie are Julius Caesar. That's correct. So that took me a second He's- to cuz I thought Marcus Aurelius was Julius Caesar before they said his name. So that's that's what I was going off of. Also also real quick and I'm just going to kind of fit this in here is that Jude Law auditioned for a role in this film. And Young Jude Law is like would be a perfect, like Roman warrior looking type of guy.
0: You know, who you know, what he you know, what he auditioned for, right? No, Commodus. Oh, he oh, I thought it was Maximus. No, it was Commodus. He would have been great. As I mean, I love Joaquin, so I don't want to replace him, but Jude Law would have been great as like a, another choice. He would have, yeah. Did you ever see the Guy Ritchie uh King Arthur movie? Oh. With Charlie Hunnam as King Arthur and then Jude Law as like the king?
1: Oh, the new one that came out like like four years ago, three, yeah. four years ago. No, I never I wanted to see it, but I heard it was really bad, so I never saw it.
0: It's actually it like it's not great,
1: but it's it's entertaining. I think I watched it, it on a plane. It was with Jamie Foxx, or was that the Robin Hood remake? That was Robin Hood. See, that, okay, maybe those two are, I'm
0: getting confused, because those came out with, like, the same sort of tone. Very close <laughs> to each other. I mean, yeah, kind of, but, yeah, no, the, the Charlie Hunnam King Arthur one I thought was actually pretty good. Like, it had some really cool aspects to it. Um, uh, Guy Ritchie does his, like, speed-up slow-mo thing a few times, kind of like Aladdin, but yep. it, it was fine. Um, I, I don't know when to say this, So I'll just do it now, but I just said, you know, we meet Lucius for, like, the first time. Did you recognize Lucius? No. No. And we may have talked about this in the Mystic River episode, but he is the deaf kid that kills Sean Penn's daughter. The deaf kid with the hockey stick. Yeah. I think I might have mentioned it in passing, Ah. like, oh, yeah, he's in Gladiator, and we're going to eventually do Gladiator. But maybe... That was like, that's like almost a year ago at this point. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty, pretty uh, cool to see him there. Um, and, you know, the last thing is we just get, instead of fixing the plague, communist ads, these 150 days of games. And I like had a new appreciation for the scene where the senators, you know, cause I'm paying a lot more attention to this point, and I'm not 13 years old when I first saw it. Yeah. But the center is explaining how brilliant of a, an idea that was because like, yeah, he's not going to actually fix anything, but he, you know, he understands that the mob is what he has to control and, you know, he's giving them bread and games. And so like, you know, they're going to be satiated and he's going to have them on their side. Um. So like all that, all that setup is pretty cool, but it just interrupts us getting to the second fight, which is probably, I think it's the baddest ass part of the movie as far as like the fights go. Um, You can maybe choose the tigers or the battle of cards. No, no, no. I'm
1: trying to remember. I'm trying to remember which one was this one specifically.
0: This is when he's walking through all the other slaves as they're saying like Spaniard, Spaniard, Spaniard. And then the crowd is chanting Spaniard and he comes out and Proxima's yelling at him. Like it's not enough to kill them. You have to give them a fight. Um, you know, you're not supposed to be killing them fast. And so then he comes through and just chops dudes to pieces, just like they're all standing there in a line and she's like, kill, 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 gets the guy with the the pig mask, gets up two swords, slices them up, and then not enough, chops his head off with some really, you know, questionable effects there, but whatever. Um, and then we get the, are you not entertained, which is probably the most famous line of this movie. Yep. Um. He throws the sword at, like, the you know, the, the skybox basically of this shitty little arena. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, I think, the yeah, kind of one of the I coolest parts. It now. No, it is super cool. It, that's, it's what's more to say than
1: it's badass? It is, but it's not my favorite fight scene.
0: Oh, well, then we'll have to keep going. Um, after that Maximus heads to Rome and this is the CGI that you said was really good a lot better than the ships in the Patriot and look listen the only reason the ships in the Patriot didn't convince me is because it
1: literally looked like the set of a fifth grade play
0: okay I mean it's just like the budget they were just like we're not spending the budget on the CGI I don't know it was it like that is it is, it is like a very no, 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 you, in matter. Th-
1: this is literally what it looks like to me is when you go onto the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in uh in Disney, it looks like that, like if that was in the background of that, you know what I mean? Not saying that that's bad, but just right. not as cinematic as one would like. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. So we're we're there now,
0: right? So, um, yeah, the next scene is when Communists is getting all whiny again about like the people not loving him and. Da, 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 da. And then he asks, you know, he asks the sister to stay with him. And she's like, what's funny, she kind of gives him an out, like, are you still afraid of the dark brother? And he's like, you know, always. So there are some like, there's some darkness there that we maybe don't get, or it's maybe just like, maybe there is nothing dark. And maybe he's just trying to sleep with his sister. Um, which the, the way this movie handles the taboo parts of it are, are pretty like restrained. Which I appreciate. You know, this isn't like uh mm-hmm. your Game of Thrones or like those two stars series that came after this about the gladiators. Um that's just a bunch of blood and like sex. Yeah. Um and so it's it's interesting the way they handled that portion of it. And I think for the better, obviously. Yeah.
1: Um it it is really restrained, although it's probably the, one of the most unbelievable parts because if you build up this like super entitled nasty character and then he's not going to like totally nail his sister on screen, I don't know. It's not believable to me.
0: You nailed her off screen. Oh, um, yeah. Well, but th- that – I do think it makes sense the way they portray it as – at this point he's like asking because he wants to be loved like throughout the movie. He wants the people to love him. He wants Maximus to love him. He wants his father to love him. He wants his sister to actually love him. And so he doesn't want to force her to do anything towards the end after she sort of, you know, tries to stage a coup. He, he's tired of asking. And so we get to the point where he's like, you know, you're going to give me an air. But for that part, I think it makes sense. Um, the next scene is a scene that wasn't in the original and it's, a, it's kind of the biggest scene that, that it was added, which is she meets with two of the senators and says she wants to have her brothers killed. And then she explains to him, to the senators that he's been, the communist has been selling the reserve grains to pay for these games, which it's so Rome at this point is so vast. Who the fuck are they selling these grains to? Yeah. I didn't get that part. That part was like, I don't like, where are they traveling to sell these grains? The Nigerians. I don't know, man.
1: Cause th- at that point they took up most of Europe, half of the middle East or no, most of the middle East, half of Asia.
0: And it wasn't an, half of, it wasn't half
1: of Asia. Okay. Like, like a, a sliver of Asia and then the, the Northern Africa, like they've gained control. Like, the Egyptians may, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No. Cause Cleopatra was before that. T- I don't know,
0: man. It's not important. It's the because, Asians. Because what happens next is the battle of Carthage.
1: Now we've entered
0: my favorite battle. It's a pretty good one. I, I really like how upset Proximo gets about it with that, the, the dude who does the announcing for the fights for the battles. Um, especially uh, a special shout out for that dude's eyebrows we are yes very special shout out for his eyebrows
1: we are missing a line that proximo had and this was kind of way back at the first fight but i thought it was such a beautiful line so funny uh established definitely established why he's my favorite character in the whole thing is when he's like i would never bet against my own men and then the guy's like what about two thousand and then he's like okay yes that's also a director's
0: cut really yeah i didn't write that part down because it's so tiny but yeah that wasn't in the original it's a good one. and uh good one proximo's a little more subtle than you because he doesn't say yes he just stares at the guy until like the camera pans away
1: yeah see i couldn't remember what
0: happened but now that makes sense because nothing happened um yeah, so Proximo basically says, well, I want double. The guy's like, uh, you can suck it or you can leave because you're not getting double and you're, all your guys are going to die. So just deal with it. Um, Lucius meets the Spaniard because I guess he's heard great things um, all the way from this far off Roman it province. A, it was a
1: cute scene. I really like that scene.
0: No, yeah, it is cute. And then until the end when he finds out who he is and he's like, oh, fuck. And what's funny is we hear the father's name and I still don't know when we heard the sister's name in this movie. And we certainly don't think she's heard Jimon's name, but I digress. What did you like most about the Battle of Carthage? Well, I mean, the, the reveal, right? Like, or are you just talking about like the actual fighting? You can get, the, I mean, you can get to whatever you want to get to. This is your time.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I, I like the buildup, right? Because at this point, Commodus is kind of like, Cheering on with him, like, uh, the whole crowd is going with him, right? Like, Spaniard, Spaniard, whatever they're saying.
0: And then the, the b roll of Joaquin during this, with the like the sticking his tongue out with the blood, and then the woo when like uh Maximus is twirling the sword, like, that's like probably my favorite part of the fight.
1: Yeah, that's that's good. And he's just totally with him, right? Like, he's supporting him. He's like, Oh, the crowd is supporting him, I'm supporting him, everyone's having a good time and then for him to go out on the field. And and this is his shot, right? Because you know that the entire... Okay, so here's what I love about this, is that Maximus plays it so smart. Because he has his shot of killing Joaquin Phoenix right then and there. But he doesn't take it. Instead, he very theatrically takes off his mask and he's like, you know, the 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 greatest speech of the film. The greatest speech of the film about him being the the father of a slain son and the husband of a slain wife. And, you know, I am Maximus. I will have my... Re-
0: no, no. He says that in the beginning. He says his name. He says, you know, the husband to a slain wife, the father to a slain son. And then he says, and I will have my revenge in this life or the next. Right. It's so great. And at that
1: point, um, Commodus and the sister, and Lucius, maybe? No, Lucius, why would Lucius know? But um, Well, he heard the words, so he does know something's up. I guess. I mean, Lucius kind of plays it stupid, the whole movie, but um, most importantly, Commodus knows. And when he knows, he's like, oh, I'm going to have him killed right now. But Maximus knows he's safe, because he has the power of the crowd, and he also knows that Commodus has the insecurity of the crowd so when he is like the merciful right when he doesn't kill the guy he's like the merciful that like he's like i can't i can't kill the merciful even the other guy was like just kill him just kill him right now he's like you don't understand because he can't or he's gonna be the.
0: he wasn't the merciful yet he was just loved by the crowd i mean really i think it was kind of unlucky like maximus puts the mask on right yeah. Because he's trying to formulate a plan to get to get out of here. He kind of wants to win his freedom. So he doesn't, first, he doesn't think that Commodus would come to this, you know, to the gladiator fight. So then once he sees Lucius there and he's like, my uncle makes me watch all the fights, he puts on the mask. Then he's sort of unlucky that Commodus decides to come down there, but he's like, all right, well, now I'll just kill him right here and this will be the end of it, and, you know, I'll stab him.
1: But
0: um, Lucius comes out, there. which is even un- more unlucky. Well, see, I didn't,
1: okay, look, I, I totally see the the motivation of Lucius coming out and, and being like this. But here's where all that unluckiness gets extremely lucky. And I, I'm actually curious if you're going to agree with me on this. But what if it's not just enough to kill him? Because anyone can kill anyone, right? But now it's to take that status away and to embarrass him, then kill him. And that's his chance, right? Like he's going to build up this reputation. He's going to get back everything. And then he's going to make a fool of Commodus. And only then when he makes Commodus lose the respect of his people, that's when he's going to kill him.
0: And I thought that was like kind of a beautiful ending to it. Like that was the proper revenge. Yeah. But I mean, he picked up the arrow because he was going to kill him right then because it's like, how many chances is he gonna have? I'll stab this dude in the neck right here. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, as you said, Commodus can't kill him because the crowd is the thing that Commodus needs. And if he kills this dude that is so well beloved, you know, he doesn't know how the crowd's gonna react from there. Maybe they'll start to realize that their grain's going away and <laughs> get really mad. Um, Did you notice that the, um,
1: or for me, I felt like the, the line in this life or the next? Um, reminded me of the, the scene in Seven Psychopaths where he like cut, kills himself and then he witnesses him killing himself too.
0: It reminded me, well, obviously this came first, but the, I think there's a line in the town that's very similar. Like, I'll see you on this side or the other. I've never seen the town. I'm sorry, what?
1: With Ben Affleck and the bank robbery, I've never seen the town. Oh my God. Well all I, I know feel, is that all i know is that ben affleck plays a nun but that that's pretty much as far as i go
0: i mean it's he plays a nun for a very short amount of time it's a good I, part I, I know um i feel very similar to joaquin phoenix then you know it vexes me i'm terribly okay. vexed which is also one of my favorite lines too mm-hmm. joaquin's line of it vexes me yeah um i'm terribly vexed just the the reading of it the way he repeats it um
1: it's like, it's like, have you ever been at a gas station and you learn the word of the day? Like they have a little, uh, <laughs> little thing is the word of the day. It's like, use this in your everyday speech. And he's like, he just learned what Vex means. So now he's like overly
0: using it. Uh, yes, I know exactly. That's a very good point. Definitely the that. next scene, the next scene they added, which this scene, I really don't appreciate is the, I uh, don't think works in the movie. Is the killing of the two guys who he thinks lied to him about Maximus still being alive?
1: Okay, so this is the part where I wanted to talk to you. Is um, the accuracy of the arrow shots in this whole movie
0: is amazing? Right? <laughs> I mean, especially in that scene. Like, well, it's funny they show all the guys like sweating as they're gonna shoot it. Like, what if I miss and hit like just hit the Caesar?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But um, I thought it was going to actually play out a little differently because they um, there's some hesitant, right? Like uh, what's his name? The guy? Quintus. Quintus. Uh, Quintus hesitates and uh, Commodus sees that and then commands him to basically give the command to pull the trigger, right? But he, he he positions him in such a way that I was like, oh shit, is he gonna give the command and like the arrows are gonna kill both those guys and him? Like I didn't quite understand where this was gonna go. And then Commodus doesn't get out of the way. I was like, why aren't you getting out of the way? And I was so confused.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's why they cut the scene. It, I don't think it works. Um, the whole point of it is to show like, it's, it's kind of a to show Quintus. Um, yeah and like how far he's going. But the thing is, is like the rest of the movie doesn't really... That's why I was like, when I kind of forgot like how I felt about the characters, I was like, I kind of remember he, him being a good guy. And he sort of does have this little bit of redemption in the end, but you can say that's sort of just opportunistic, like thinking. Um, but he's such a nothing character in it that this scene obviously didn't need to be there. And I don't know why even in the, in the extended edition they added it, because it's actually kind of bad. It's not um, great. It's not. It's not great at all. But did you um, like? Did you like how they throw out? They threw out food to the crowd, like almost like t-shirt cannon style. <laughs> the, the bread, next bread, yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you notice that most of the throws came up short, so they just ended up on the field? I was like, what a waste of bread. I think there might have been a lower level, but I'm not sure. Maybe you're right. Maybe there was some some missing. No,
1: it just like tons of like bread loaves just ended up like sitting there in the dirt. Like you can see it in the shot. I was like, I wonder if that's
0: done on purpose or if just the extras couldn't throw the bread far enough. Yeah, maybe it was a little too tall. Um, before we get to the next big fight, uh, I do like the I always appreciate it, even though it's like such like bad humor. But the the big guy pretending to be poisoned by tasting Maximus's food. I liked it. I thought it showed like a little bit of cute, like character development between the two right yeah and also yeah it's a moment to cut through the tension but it's also just like to once again show you like how loyal they are to maximus and just like like maximus is like the ultimate just hero there's no like drawbacks to him whatsoever there's not a single thing you can point to and be like all right he's kind of a bad guy uh maybe the fact that he kisses the sister at one point but there's not really anything
1: (sighs) yeah but i mean why is that bad
0: it's not i'm just pointing it out let's move on so the big fight against an undefeated gladiator which may or may not at one point have been lou Ferrigno, but i think would have taken you so out of the movie is you have this huge fight and then there's this dude spitter like spitting out blood and then his helmet gets raised and it's the hulk yeah i don't i think that would have been bad
1: I mean, it's almost as bad as if it was like Jean-Claude Van Damme or Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger <laughs> or someone like that. It, was, it would have been too like, what the hell? No, yeah. It would have, it would have been – well, first of all, they would have had to show his face a lot more than me. I guess they do show the face in the beginning for one second. But still, um, it's a pretty badass fight with the Tigers. Um, that's, I don't really know what else to add. What you think of this one? Uh,
1: for me, it was a little short. Um, but it was it was set up in such a way that uh, Commodus really thought that um, he was going to get killed in this fight, right between him and the tigers and, and such. Um, it, it's funny because at this point, once he defeats him, you you basically think that he's unstoppable, right? Like there is literally nothing that can stop Maximus from achieving whatever he wants to achieve. Uh, and I think that sets it up really well, especially for the end, which I, I, I guess we're kind of falling into very shortly here. What this builds up to is making Maximus basically undefeated, super powerful, right? At
0: the OP, as the kids might say. OP, overpowered. Is that what that means? Yes. The
1: final fight between him and Commodus... And he's tied up and Commodus comes in the room and he's like, we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight to the death and I'm gonna beat you. And I'm just sitting there thinking, bitch how? Because the entire time we've seen you fight and it's through you know training for with armed guards that work for you. And the entire time we're watching Maximus fight And he's just kicking all kinds of ass. And then he stabs him like right in the lung. And I was
0: like, okay, finally a fair fight, I guess, you know? Well, and that's historically kind of accurate that Commodus apparently fought quite often in the arena. But from what I read, they said unbeknownst to him, they would stab his competitors before they came up to fight him. But I would... Everything else we seemingly know about him, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if he did know. Um, so I that, actually kind of like that he doesn't know. I like to go on, off on the thing that
1: he's like undefeated champ, like 22 times, he thinks, and he, he thinks he's hot shit.
0: Yeah. No, that is funny too. Um, I do love too, like the Mac, Maximus the Merciful, where like he, he just does the – whatever communist was going to tell him to do, he was going to do the opposite, right? If he had told him to let the guy live, he would have chopped his head off. I think this version kind of, kind of keeps the purity of Maximus of he tells me to kill him. Fuck you. I'm not going to do it. Um, I am curious what happened to that guy and also why you would come back after you've earned your freedom to fight anybody, including another dude that's undefeated. Um, There must've been a huge payday. Uh, Yeah.
1: Well also now I'm thinking if he did tell him to let him live and he does kill him, is it the same movie, but instead of Maximus the Merciful, it's like Maximus the
0: It has to be alliterative. Oh. Maximus the Maniac? M- the... Max Just give up. Ah, okay. Um I like the interaction after that. You know, you simply won't die. Um Maximus kind of walking away, and then you know, the whole thing of like your son cried like a bitch your, as your wife was being ravaged she moaned like a whore which is totally just like him trying to bait him and the, the discipline of Maximus to just say like I'm going to kill you it's not going to be today you know and then throws the highness at him yeah. um, I think is pretty great Yeah. No, it and is. obviously leads to the end of the movie um, so here's where I have an issue with uh
1: lucia lucilla sister the sister is that she gives up that plan way too fucking easy
0: yeah i mean did she never consider that he was gonna think something was up and was gonna threaten your son like she already said she already said i'm worried about my son earlier she's like you know she said that to maximus in a scene uh before that yeah so yeah I mean, we do get to that in a little bit. There's a bunch of like back and forth before that, but yeah, that is kind of a, you, you did sell everyone out very quickly. And why couldn't you? I don't know. Yep.
1: I kind of lost respect for her there. uh, Just because I felt like either she could have taken the precautions to avoid something like this or what's the worst case scenario? Kills her son. I mean, she'll never be able to look at him, anyways. And what grows up being brainwashed by the bastard uncle that rapes her? Like, how is how is this a good outcome? Like, you just keep with the plan; he'll die, and you'll get your you'll get your comeuppance.
0: Yeah, I don't know. She just she loved her son, and I mean, I don't think you can fault her too much for that um i do like the way proxima when he brings the sister to meet maximus you can tell in his face it's just like what the fuck is going on like what have i gotten myself into Mm, Um, he's like you got friends in high places or something well no this is before that way before that the friends in high places is at the end when all this has kind of happened and you know um he's gonna he's letting him try and escape anyway um the scene where Proximo is kind of sitting there and he's about to get paid for Maximus, but he sees like a couple of spies going around. Mm -hmm. That was not in the original. It just ends up going to Proximo saying to Maximus, like, dude, the shit's too hot. Like the streets are, the streets are, are hot. We cannot do this right now. I
1: can't, I can't move this product right now.
0: I can't, I can't get you out of here. Um, I'm not doing it. Uh, and so that, that part, I think, was not needed, but it explains a little more of why he tells Maximus, like, this can't happen.
1: Well, even uh, before that, I think you're missing the fact that Quintus kind of sets this all into motion, right? What do you mean, Quintus? Isn't that his name? What does Quintus do? He, he tells the queen and she pays him and he sets it up for the... That's Gracchus, the senator. No. She's like being carried around in her like little throne thing. Oh, that's no, that's that's
0: that's not Quintus. Who am I thinking? That's Cicero. The that's that's um, that's Maximus's attendant. Yeah, you're right. That's Cicero.
1: That's who I met. So he kind of sets this all up into motion. I really like him.
0: Yeah, no, and he's a great actor, um, Tommy Flanagan. So, um, and then Gracchus, though, the senator at the same time, does get arrested and that's sort of to smoke the sister out yeah which ends up working obviously completely um in the scene you talked about before where um lucius is kind of battling and he says he's the savior of rome i love the scene where commodus tells the story of emperor claudius in front of his sister and the son lucius you know her son lucius like basically like you're gonna tell me what's going on you know it's like the the busy bee thing yeah that that part's really good. And uh obviously Walking does a great job with it. Little B. I love that delivery. Um Yeah, and then Commodus calls himself the the merciful, and he's like, Lucius will live with me now. And if you ever look at him and da-da-da-da-da. Uh apparently the am I not merciful when he like screamed it at his sister was was ad lib. And so her reaction of being freaked out was like just actual like oh shit i wasn't expecting that (laughs) i love that yeah did you notice so the big guy the barbarian that uh does the fake poison joke when he gets shot with all the arrows there's very clearly like some huge thing on him like to hold up the arrows yeah and i i noticed that like the first time i ever saw it and i was like that's that could have been better that's like the that's one of the only things i ever saw where i was like that's kind of shit
1: i wanted them to uh give him a better end, because he was such a cool character. I thought he could have done more, but I guess not.
0: Um, real so, quick. So is we, Cicero, really. Oh, yeah, the way he gets shot with the arrows. All all the arrows hit in the exact same like, Okay,
1: see, that's what I mean. That's the other example of the... Uh,
0: from the Disney animated movie is shooting those arrows. Of the, the shots
1: box. being amazing. Because then you get to see, like, oh, all those archers are way up there on that bridge. But it's like, How? How are you gonna get that shot? Um, especially like all what four, five arrows. Um, it's sad too, because I think his death is actually one of the saddest because you think he's okay and then he's being hung. And you're just like, oh, you got plenty enough time to like take him down, and then he gets shot, and it's like it's over. Like the whole thing's over at that
0: point. Yeah. So before you had finished the movie, we talked about. Uh, there needed to be some CGI work for Oliver Reed. Did you notice that? Um, I did, but only probably because I was looking for it. The so I didn't notice it. The only time I noticed it is when he is standing outside the jail and he's like, "You have friend in high places," and uh, Maximus makes the joke of like, "Oh, may, you know, maybe you'll become a good guy after on." He, he just like a, <sighs> and like walks away. That that's, that's the
1: only that's the only time I noticed it.
0: Yeah, and when he's. When he's getting stabbed in the back, that all seemed real too, which is interesting because originally in the script, which this would have been really fucking interesting and cool. Uh, Maximus was supposed to fight Proximo in the Colosseum Right before, right before Commodus fought him. Basically, Mac, like Commodus was just going to make them do it. And I thought that would, that would have been really interesting to see. Like obviously Proxima is way out of his prime and would have gotten his ass kicked, but to see like what, you know, how, what, that, out, how yeah. that would have pay, played out, I think would be cool. Um, also. So Oliver Reed died like three weeks before they finished filming this. And how did he die? Cause he wasn't even that old. Was he? I don't, I didn't look up exactly how, but what I did think that was kind of interesting and cool is because he was such a main character the insurance company would have had to pay for them to bring in a new actor and refilm all of his scenes. And one, they didn't want to do it because they're all tired from making the movie and they like, didn't feel like redoing it. But two, Ridley Scott really didn't want to take um, Oliver Reed out of the movie, which I think is really cool. And honestly, I don't think it detracts from the movie at all the way it ended. I didn't even know about this when I originally saw it that he had died. This is something I learned like later on. So like it, I don't think it, obviously it didn't affect the movie at all.
1: Yeah. And the way they killed him by stabbing him in the back is like in silhouette from behind. So it probably was even
0: an extra that did that scene, you know? Right. Well, and the other thing too, is like they actually shot this in chronological order. So it makes sense that his like last scene was his death scene like yeah like that was like the stuff they didn't get for him um
1: there's a shot of his face
0: being like praying or whatever and that looked that looked real that didn't look cgi but no yeah it didn't at um, all so that 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 part's kind of like you know was that was that just some other shot that they did and then it it ended up working out which is would be cool obviously and it's that was my thought that he just got to stay in the movie um so next we get to the, the final bit. Um, the part where Quintus says to him, like, I'm a soldier, I obey. Um, that wasn't, I don't think, in the original where he says that. I think he just, like, I don't think he has a line there. Um, and it, I think it does change his character a little bit. Not that it matters, but it's like, I think it, it just makes you dislike him more. And obviously the, the scene where he has those two guys killed because the Caesar's like, you know, you have to order it also does that I think maybe the original leaves it more ambiguous but if you really think about it he's he's just not a good guy because he is
1: I mean I didn't like him I never liked him he can go to hell um
0: but in the theatrical cut you you like him like you're supposed to like him I think he's just I just think it's a more ambiguous character I that's that's my only thought okay um I do like the 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 scene where Commodus comes up to him, and you know, is like, Oh, you know, we're gonna fight. And Maximus just laughs at him, like, "You're gonna fight me? Like, sweet. Like, this is what I've been. <laughs> this is what I'm here for. Like, yeah. I mean, I, this, me?
1: honestly, my thoughts exactly. Because I was like, oh, you're done, son.
0: Like, well, he even says you would fight me, and then Commodus is like, why not? You think I'm afraid? And I love the you've been afraid your whole life. Yep, that was also pretty great. It was also weird after he stabs him, there's this weird slow, slow-mo as he smiles and says, smile for me, brother. Like, did you notice just weird slow-mo out of nowhere? No, I didn't notice that. It's it's a weird shot. Um, and before we get to the fight, Lucius, like, staring at his mother, like, as she won't look at him because she's not allowed to look at him. I thought it was a nice, like, little touch because Lucius is like, what is going on here? Like, why will my mom not look at me? Yeah, I noticed that too. I like that. Um, I liked how
1: Commodus was completely dressed in white. I thought that was really
0: symbolic. Um, yeah, I just, I like that. Yeah, the, the last fight's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's also very quick. A lot of the fights are very quick. I don't, they're, they're, they're all still cool. Um, but they, they are quick and, quick the and ending, cool. the ending to me is satisfying them both dying. Cause as we said, like Maximus has finished his journey. This is what he was going for. He got his revenge and like, he doesn't want a life outside of, you know, his wife and child. And so like, he wants to meet them in the, in the afterlife.
1: I mean, what's he supposed to do? Open up a pizzeria next to the fucking Colosseum
0: or the, or the Vatican, I guess eventually. Yeah, I don't know. But here's the thing, right? Is that... Unlike the Patriot... Because I was really... He's also Spanish, so it'd probably be Tapas. But it's
1: Italy. Okay, listen. Point is, is that the Patriot, I had a problem with the ending. Because I felt like Tavington had a too quick of a death, right? He did all this evil shit and he just dies without suffering for any of it, like, nah, not fair. This, you could tell he's, like, suffering. People hate him. He's lost and he's totally humiliated. He's choking on his own blood. This, like, pains him, and, like, emotionally and physically and every which way, and he's lost, and he knows who he lost to. And I just, it felt like a super satisfying death
0: oh and he knows the, the sorry he knows the moments before his death that it's going to happen too like as maximus is getting the the dagger closer and closer to his throat and he's like he knows like i can't stop this yeah um the other thing we were talking about quintus when quintus you know commodus is asking for a sword from someone and quintus tells everyone to sheath their swords like don't yep. give him one yeah that's like a bold move at that point. You have like really picked sides. It's like <laughs> I, th- I think in Quintus's mind, he's like, I have to pick a side now, or I'm gonna die. Like I have. Well, to Well, yeah, decide because who think about think it. Because is Quintus win. is
1: the way. Yeah, but Quintus is the one who basically gave the command to go kill his son and wife. No, he
0: did not. No, but he told him. He said he told him it was going to happen. But Quintus doesn't. Quintus doesn't call shots. No, I know. He says he's a soldier. Oh, my God. But
1: what I'm saying is that if he didn't call who who he wanted to pick the sides on right then and there, he was probably afraid of like, oh, shit, if Maximus wins, Maximus is going to have me killed. You know, he doesn't know. So he's taking the safe route. He's calling it now. He's like, sheath your swords. But then it questions me, like, why would they listen to him at that point? Right. Like, I understand that it's, his, it's their commander, but like, if you wanted to easily be like the guy in, the, in Caesar's favor, you give him your sword.
0: Uh, yeah, but maybe they can all see the writing on the wall, too. It's all these calculations of like, who do I think is going to win? Because if I make the wrong move here, I'm going to die. Um, because as soon as he says sheath those swords, if Commodus lives, Quintus is dead. Um, and I think, you know, what's interesting, too, is all these extended scenes sort of outline. Like, I never knew those guys were called, like, the Praetorians. Mm-hmm. They were just these unnamed outfit of people in, like, all black that, like, followed Quintus's lead and, like, circled the gladiators. Um, I'm so pretty getting, sure they were named in the movie. They are in this version. You haven't seen the theatrical. How oh, are you going to tell me what happened whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. to that? Oh, Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Um, I, oh, honorably right? Because uh Quintus is like, sheath your swords. So at that point, Maximus has a sword and Commodus doesn't. But then as soon as Maximus th- throws down his sword, I'm thinking Quintus is thinking like, oh shit, what, wait, what, no, what
0: are you doing? Like, hey, I had too much invested in you. He's like, I'm- I just, I just bet all of my money on you. You just shit the bet on me right here. <laughs> and then he and then Commodus pulls out that little dagger that's like hidden
1: in his in his uh what what is that called? Your armor. Armor is is the name for it. But yeah, he pulls out like a little dagger. And then Quintus is the only other person who knows that Maximus has been stabbed. So he's like, it's over. It's over for me. It's over for him. It's over for all of us. And the only saving grace is that because Commodus is
0: such a little weak bitch, that's why he lost. Well, also Maximus, as we've described, even with a a wound, a fatal wound is OP. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it's awesome.
1: It's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's so much better than the Patriots ending. I'm sorry, but it's pretty sweet. Big fan of this movie.
0: And I know you got mad at me for not getting choked up in rain, man, but when uh Gracchus is like, who will help me lift this man. And like 20 dudes like walked up to want to lift him. I, there's a little something in my throat.
1: No, no, no. You, I'll tell you when there's a little something in my throat. There's something uh, that my eyes got a little teary when, uh, when he's in the afterlife and the, his son is running down the thing, screaming, Papa, Papa. And I was like, Oh, it's got me there. And, anyway, and it, you know, it keeps flashing back. I think it's one of the most famous shots in the whole film. It's his hand running through the, the wheat fields right um what i did want to talk to you about the use of color correction whenever he goes into his like mind's eye his like ideal life like between the sky and the clouds moving real fast and that purple tint to everything what did you think about that like what was your whole thought about that from the 20 times you've seen it
0: it's obviously just to differentiate it i thought it was cool yeah um Like, yeah, I like that it's just, like, just a, you know, they could have just gone with sepia, like, the way the beginning was shot. That's true. I thought it was a good use of sepia, they could have done it with that, too. But I think this worked a lot better because it's not too jarring, but it's obviously different enough where you know, okay. um, It's one of those things where it's, like, your audience is stupid, so you got to let them know what's happening right now.
1: Well, see, that's the thing, too. I think it it really worked probably back in 2000. Um, Now it comes off, I mean – just taking the consideration that this is the first time I'm seeing it, right? But it comes off as a little cheesy. But I totally understand where you kind of have to separate. It's almost like a different world, right? Because they, they deal with a lot of um, mythology in their religion, right? So I, I kind of picked it up from that. I liked it, but I thought it it's one of the things that didn't age as well as the
0: rest of the movie, in my opinion. Right. Uh, well, we're seeing how much like how glowingly we talked about this for what over ninety minutes at this point. Like, probably we can take that one little bit and the added scene where he makes Quintus, Quintus shoot those guys with arrows, and the way like Joaquin's face was lit in that scene was also just like I don't know what was up. That's just the worst scene of the movie. Does not. Oh, make the
1: sense. arrow scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was um, bad, but hey, you know what? You're gonna not always hit. Hit the target, right? Well, they do, but not always will the, well, the filmmaker. the arrows. Yeah, yeah, they do with arrows, 100%. Well, I mean, look, I, I totally see, like, this is a beloved film. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Oscars of that year, too. What, what other movies were, like, up for nom- nomination Best
0: Picture? Gladiator won five Oscars. Wow. It won Best Picture um, over Chocolat. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, and Traffic. Oh, shit. Those are like some pretty high-tier movies. Yeah, but I mean, I think Gladiator is far and above.
1: I mean, I guess in comparison, I really like Chocolat. Have you seen Chocolat? I've not seen Chocolat. Uh, that's that's an, that's one we have to do because that's such an interesting flick. Um, yeah, Traf- and I've I, never seen Rus- Traffic.
0: I haven't either. Russell Crowe beat out Javier Bardem for Before Night Falls. Tom Hanks for Castaway, uh, Ed Harris for Pollock, and Jeffrey Rush for Quills. Which is also just like it's kinda interesting that Tom Hanks was nominated for Castaway. Like I love that movie, but it's such a popcorn movie. And I guess the idea that he just carries like that 80% entire city all by 80, himself. Yeah. There's some scenes before and after he, he goes to the island, but yeah. And also like Meg Ryan, like I know it was years, but you're already remarried and have like kid like What are you talking about? Castaway. Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan is not in Castaway. Oh yeah, Helen Hunt. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking of like every other Tom Hanks movie with Meg Ryan. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Gladiator.